The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 345. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Greg, I have here in my hands. One hand. In my hand, my right hand, uh, five ironclad predictions for E3 2014. One full page of bullshit that no one will be able to call you on because of the way you worded it. Yeah, you'll do it and we'll have all these decimal points and garbage. And across the table from him, the king of the fighters, Vince. Ingenita. The Pop-Tart swallowing machine. Oh, my God. Vince Ingenita, which I'm opening just for Colin we right got here. It. We get yeah. the point. This will yeah. be the first time in seven years we yeah. have fewer listeners this month than we did <laughs> just, the month We're going before. down. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's number one PlayStation podcast. The number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Every Tuesday we post it as an MP3. Every Wednesday as a Fuck video. A you like that? Video, yeah. No, I, li- I like it fine. <laughs> the well, IGN's number one PlayStation podcast? Yeah. and then the number one PlayStation podcast on the, the internet. The four I'd other like ones. See, I'd like to see anyone else talk about PlayStation on IGN over my fucking dead body. This wow. is IGN's <laughs> only PlayStation podcast. <laughs> Uh, this is no normal episode, dear listener. This is the E3 Predictions podcast, where we each go around the table, each with three predictions. We go through, we decide five, what it's up. Five predictions. No, we have two alternates, three total. You have to pick your three. You can read your two extras if you all like, right. but the, you're only these being judged five, on three. These are five you got, ironclad you got to predictions. You've got to pick your three. Your three. Pick your best right. three. Pick your best right. three to go with. Go like with them. them. Of course, that'll be topic of the week, but first, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> Time for some <laughs> news. There's a lot of news this week. 13 items on the list. 13 Holy items crap. on that list. Uh, number one. This is a weird story. Word began swirling this morning on the internet that The Last of Us Remastered, the PS4 port of Naughty Dog Smash Hit PS3 exclusive, would be launching as soon as next week. UK games retailer Game tweeted multiple times that Remastered would launch on June 13th. It also printed circulars that said so. Damn. However, the company later retracted and deleted its tweets, and Sony told IGN that, quote, an official release date, though, has not yet been announced for the game. The release date is not June 13th. Um, this was all a little weird to me. Game is a huge retailer. you think that they would know what the release dates were, and they were pretty uh, pretty open about tweeting about it on multiple accounts. Flagrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some would say. Um, but uh, Sony said, you know, told me, I talked to them today, told me straight out, that the release date's not June 13th, and from what I understand... Uh, you know, I was expecting it later in the summer anyway. Yeah. But this kind of hit me as something like, what if they go on stage on Monday and they're like, this Friday, the last right. of us comes to PlayStation. Well, this 4. is right. We're Did right they at ruin the, the secret? 
we're right at the one year anniversary mark, right? Yep. And the fourteenth, so I think, right? Yeah. So it make perfect sense to have it out and try to do that day and date. And we may or may not have just ruined one of my predictions. But that's okay. Okay. Well, no, you didn't. We didn't say it yet, so don't worry. Okay. It hasn't been officially predicted. Fine. But it's the topic of the week. How's that pop tart going now? That's good. I'm uh, like one quarter of the way through the outside of the first one. So <laughs> thanks for the update. I'll, keep I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. If you're not watching the video, <laughs> if you're not watching the video, the, yeah, we'll the know. perimeter of the first pop tart has been 25 percent breached. Wow. Okay. You can go with number two, Colin. Okay. Well, oh, you have the you have permission of from Vince. Thanks, Vince. That. I appreciate that. <laughs> number two, Greg. I'm sorry. Oh no. Batman Arkham Knight has officially been delayed. Dun, dun, dun! The upcoming Batman game from Rocksteady was originally slated to launch this fall. However, it has been delayed until 2015. It's still due to come to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Not surprising to me. What's really going to be interesting is all of these games that are retreating from the fall are now going to be in the early 2015. And the games that are in early 2015 will therefore have to retreat mm-hmm. later in the year if they want to sell. So there's going to be a lot of moving about. I'm moving and shaking. Moving about. Evan writes in to beyond at IGN.com, just like you can, and says, Beyond Crew, big fan from Trinidad, started watching this year. I'm about to pick up a PS4, but it seems like everything is pushed to 2015. Is it just me, or are more games being announced way too far in advance? Seems like this generation started a year too early. While I'm waiting for E3, it seems anything I'm personally interested in is going to be cross-gen. What's the most compelling case for getting a PlayStation 4 right now? Why are these games getting delayed? Uh, I think they all had to get announced, right, to get you excited to buy a PlayStation 4, to get excited for this new generation of hardware. Yeah, I think the mm. Batman announcement was... A little, I was talking about this a little earlier with someone. It was a little disingenuous. I think they knew that game wasn't coming out this year. Yeah. And that, well, so like, I- they and they announced it to kind of get you revved yeah. up and to get it out there. And then and then now it's on your radar. Now you're stoked about it, especially because no one really liked Origins as much as they liked the other two Batman right. games that Rocksteady did. And they're like, yeah, we're only kidding. <laughs> You know, this it, game's it actually was a PR move. out in the spring. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I don't a- think that you announce a game two months ago and then suddenly you're like, ah, it's going to miss the, the window by six months or something like that. Like, I just don't think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so I, I found that a little disingenuous. I think that, you know, much like last generation, not so much so, but much like last generation, people are having more difficulty with this hardware than they expected they were going to. And that, you know, there's just more to do. You know, there's a, yeah. there's a finer amount of work to be done on some of these next-gen games, I think, than the last gen. And even though this isn't the SD to HD jump that happened between PS2 and PS3, I think that, you know, and these consoles are easier to develop for in premise. Right. I think that maybe they were like, we can get more horsepower out of some of these games. We can do better. We can make things prettier. We can make it run better. And, and, and why not take your time? I mean, it's not like there there's a deluge of cross-platform games and cross-generation games coming yeah. out this fall still. So... To your Batman yeah. point, I think you're 100% right. I think it was a PR move. You figure they announced it at GDC, right, when Infamous had just to come out or was just about to come out. I forget the exact date of GDC. But your announcements for next-gen were drying up, right? So you needed something to – you You can own that space. You come out on that stage, you get to own it. Batman gets to be the reason you own this PlayStation 4, why you own this Xbox One. However, brief that time, but it gets you excited. keeps that game on your radar. And then, yeah – there are a lot of cross-gen. It seems like there's way more cross-gen titles this time around. And maybe I'm not even cross-gen as much as, like, Metro. Metro, here's some PS3 games we're repackaging for PS4. Mm. You're seeing it right now with Pixels. You know, I mean, there's all these different things yeah. that mm. games that existed or Last of Us, things that we already saw now getting repackaged. Just because I guess it's an easier thing to port them that way. And I think there's a bigger magnifying glass on them because we always talk about that mid-tiers falling away. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that when you have a generation that goes on as long as the one we're just coming out of, 
a lot of people feel very, very reluctant to move on to the next to the next stage because there's just so much still they probably haven't played. Yeah. So a lot of the times the best incentive you can get – in this case, I think what people are finding is the best incentive you can give them is that you can have these experiences that you may, maybe haven't gotten to yet on the previous generation. On the new generation hardware and you get the slightly better version, you get a more uh, definitive version of it. Like So like, for instance, if I'm a person who has a PS3 – and I'm not sure if I want a PS4, but I haven't bought The Last of Us yet, just mm-hmm. like early, you know, say, like, go back to the beginning of this year. Then, you know, knowing that knowing that Last of Us is coming to the PS4 could be a pretty good reason, because I already have the interest in that game, but now maybe it's a one little kind of pseudo reason to, to go into yeah, it. So that's party, one of the reasons. First party doing. titles make so much sense to me, because yeah. you had your 360, you didn't play a lot of PS3 or any of it, so then you take all these PS3 games people missed and put them on this platform that's, you know, winning the race at the moment. I think, you know... Business happenings behind games, they take a long time. It's very glacial, and like, they make decisions way ahead of time. I think that what you found when PS4 started selling like crazy before it came out, when the pre-orders were going crazy and stuff, were a lot of developers going, you know, Pixel Junk's a good example, being like, mm-hmm. well, people really are going there, and like maybe it's a good chance for us to go and put these games on there. Let's remember that PlayStation 3's response, you know, market response was very tepid when it came out. Um, and that there weren't many cross-gen games. There were cross-gen games back then, but there weren't many of them. There were just straight-up PlayStation 2 games for years after the PS3 came out. So it's like there's no reason for them to just do that. Like this is a straight-up PS3 game with the exception of a lot of Japanese publishers because people are migrating to PS4, and it is a reason for you to buy these games. If you want to buy Metro and let's say Mass Effect comes to the, you know PS4, which I assume it's going to based on some sure. rumors and all these kinds of stuff, if these start to kind of stack up, then you just go and buy a PS4 because yeah. – well, why not? You know, um, I think there's plenty of reasons to own a PS4 with games just available on PS4. But sure. if you if you didn't think so, well, then these games are more compelling to you too. And going the other way on that same argument, you know, from a business standpoint, sure, you're right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to make only a PS3 game, right? But it makes even less sense to make only a PS4 game when you look at the install base on the two systems. It just makes a lot of sense that if you're going to make a game for the PS4, well, let's see if we can fit it somehow, some way on the PS3 because the install base is that many times larger. So. Yeah, or go the other way and make it easier on yourself. But I'm not sure if make I, that money. Doing it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number three. Ubisoft's Watch Dogs is officially the most successful new franchise launch in gaming history. Whoa! Selling 4 million copies in its first week. It's also not surprisingly Ubisoft's quickest selling game ever, even beating out entries in the super popular Assassin's Creed franchise. Damn. Um, didn't expect it was going to be that big. I think they'll hit their 6 or 7 million mark, whatever their their milestone was, pretty easily, probably in the next month. Um, I started playing Watch Dogs uh, a little bit this weekend. I played for about an hour, 90 minutes. Not crazy about it. Yeah. I um, think the driving is really bad. And... Uh, like I, I, I it's like, it actually feels like more of a sim, which is fine if that's what you're going for. But that's not what I want in a game like that. I want to, you know, I want a game that's a little more forgiving with the driving mechanics. I just feel like it's a little obtuse. I got to, I got to sit with it a little bit more and play it a little bit more. I like where it's going. I like the environment, Chicago is really cool. in, yeah. the, in the game, city's cool. The idea is really cool, although a little absurd too. Like everything's on one network. Like, sure. You know, like, I don't know. If, <laughs> that was know. the mayor's. Po- that was the mayor's campaign promise. That's yeah. how I got there. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to spend more time with it. I'm not. It's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh-huh. I think it's fine. It's just uh, I got. I got to spend more time before I have a. A real opinion on it. But yeah, I, played, I, I wasn't drawn in by it at I all. I did the same thing you did this weekend, played for a couple hours, and it was like, okay, I feel like I know what this game's doing and where it's sure. going kind of thing. I wasn't like super, oh, I gotta go, oh, what's the next tier? What am I gonna unlock? Eh, whatever. What I really like about it, though, is that, and we talk about the, we don't, not to get too academic, you know, hippy-dippy on you, but Put I mean, on your like, monocle. you know, the we talk about, you know, ludonarrative dissonance, you know, the dissonance between play and story, um... And a lot of the times, that's what really wipes these uh, these open world games off the board for a lot of players, even though they are very popular. Um, 
well, something I like about Watch Dogs is that the protagonist and his life and kind of who he is, all the side things that you can do and all the other activities you can engage in make sense for a guy who totally has like no family, no real job, no real aspirations but revenge and, you know, vigilante justice. Like a character like that makes more sense to be able to kind of go around and freewheel and do what he wants as he wants as compared to say some of the characters in Grand Theft Auto who have, like have family, family who yeah. have families that they presumably want to mend their relationship with and you know have for one reason or another given up a life of crime and then the next second you're kind of blowing away half the city with a semi-automatic carbine gas powered firearm um so that kind of stuff doesn't make a lot of sense but I felt that when I was playing Watch Dogs anytime I was freewheeling and kind of doing side quests and doing other stuff it it worked for me with what the character is supposed to be, and that made it at least less initially off-putting than any of the Grand Theft Autos I've played since, like, 3. So there's that. I still don't think it's a great game. I agree with you. It didn't wow me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, i got to spend more time with it. Yeah, now is not the time for that, but uh, I'm <laughs> no, going to. It i got to spend more time with Transistor. Oh, thank you. Shower water for me. When? I don't know. Why didn't you iron it? Uh, didn't feel like it. Okay. I like the colors, though. It's uh, very crispy. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're I don't right. iron shirts. If they're wrinkled, well, that's just gonna. That's just the way it's gonna be. You're gonna wear them out. Wear out the wrinkles. Yeah, that's I definitely that. you my body. Yourself. My yeah. body heat puts yeah, yeah, yeah. off. Number four. Yeah, you're like a nuclear furnace. Mm-hmm. They make a those? dying star. <laughs> Number four. Naughty Dog is officially working on a new game, and it is an Uncharted Four or The Last of Us remastered. And a candid interview with Game Informer Naughty Dog co-president Evan Wells told the magazine that quote. We definitely have another project on the scale of Uncharted in very early pre-production stages. We have a sizable team that it takes to get something like that off the ground, but it's got a long runway in front of it. We have a lot of great ideas and some stuff that is already getting everybody jazzed and excited. So it's a long way off between uh, before we can really start to talk about it in detail. Um, my assumption is it's The Last of Us 2. Uh, we'll see what happens. I hope, it's, I hope it is The Last of Us 2. I'm not one of those guys who thinks The Last of Us is over yet. Uh, I think there's plenty of stories left to tell. And I keep saying pick it up right after the ending. Um, but uh, if not, new IP could be Jack. Everyone wants it to be Crash. Everyone That's not going to happen. No, it's not going to be Crash. Um, and that would be the whole Jack and Crash thing always makes me laugh. I mean, I appreciate it if that's what you want. That's their heritage and their roots. But like, what a waste of that studio's talent if you want them to do yeah. Jack and Daxter. Again. And and I hate um, to say this because I grew up in this era, but the era of the mascot platformer is so over. Right, it's like way over. Um, I mean, it's not the day of the platformer isn't over. The platformer is seeing a resurgence, obviously, in the last few years in the indie scene. But, I mean, the day of the, hey, let's make a cool mascot and have him be, like, the spokesperson of our brand. And No, it doesn't work anymore. And Naughty Dog's just – I'm not saying they were really talented back in the Crash and Jack days. They were one of the best sure. studios in the world at that point, too. But they're arguably the best studio in the world now. And like, They've why gone would, so and, far into yeah, storytelling and character. Yeah, why go would back you, now and do this? No, it would be very silly. Very, sil- very silly use of that team. I'd like to point out. How you're eating this pop tart? You went all around the yeah. edges, so now you just have the frost. Now it's just a frosting sandwich. I like the crust the best. See, oh, I, I, I just eat down. I, 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 I agree with you. I actually love the crust. That's why I want to enjoy it purely away from the frosting and all the filling and everything. I want to. I really want to get that doughy, mm. cakey kind of experience mm. before mm. I, I dig mm-hmm. into the other kind of more fig newtony part mm. of the uh, mm-hmm. proceedings. I have a system. I like it. It's a method. Okay. Well, that's something. Number five. 
Speaking of Uncharted 4, in that same interview with Game Informer, Evan Wells revealed that Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley, who were the two men in charge of The Last of Us, are officially leading the Uncharted 4 project. When asked by Game Informer if the two men are helping during the transition following the exit of Uncharted creator Amy Hennig and director Justin Richmond, Wells said, quote, It's not so much of a transition period, actually. We've asked them to lead the project, end quote. Both men have worked on Uncharted, Drake's Fortune, and Uncharted 2 Among Thieves before moving on to The Last of Us, so both have plenty of experience in Nathan Drake's world. Mm-hmm. Um... And Uncharted 2, for my conversations with uh, Druckmann and Straley, uh, were heavily influential on The Last of Us. So, um, and you think it'll go the opposite now? Where Last of Us will be influential on Uncharted 4? Maybe. We'll see. I, I be just, a darker one? The only, that's the only thing I don't want everyone's like. They, they make an assumption. Uncharted, I would say Uncharted 2 is the darkest Uncharted game. Not that that's really saying anything. And I would say that um, you know, The Last of Us is obviously a very dire game, very post-apocalyptic dystopian game. I don't want that in Uncharted. And so I hope that that's not their instinct. You know, and I don't think it's going to be. My assumption is that Amy Hennig wrote the story, and they're going to stick to that story. I don't think you can. If this game's going to come out in the next year and a half, you cannot rewrite the story at this point. Yeah. Um, and you know, rumor is around the internet the game's running, and you know, people are playing it. So, or people have seen it. Who knows if that kind of stuff's true? I think we'll see it at E3. But, um, you know, I hope that that's not the case. And I think that's kind of an assumption, right? It's that because sure. that's really saying that Druckmann and Shaley can't tell a more lighthearted adventure story as opposed to something dark like well i mean the argument for them right is just the fact of what does the audience want and what do they want to make as creators right i'm sure i know that neil and bruce can make a lighthearted story but last of us hit for a reason right and not not and one of the big reasons was the story and uncharted 3 while you and i loved it you know a lot of people are like it's the same thing over and over again blah blah blah. like i'd play uncharted 3 every year a game like that yeah so far yeah that's because we understand that's what we want out of the uncharted brand but if they have a different idea for it i mean also, Especially for PS4, right? Like this is what we're talking about. They're not they they didn't do their normal thing where they switch with the consoles and make a different you know series. So they're sticking with Uncharted, but they could easily skew Uncharted, change Uncharted, make it different than yeah. we think it is. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason that it has to lose its identity as being a more lighthearted kind of action romp and still have maybe a little bit of an edge. I mean, you look at you look at those kinds of family you know family fun adventure action movies of like the 80s, and they some of them. They had moments that were dark. Things. Oh yeah. The, everyone's favorite Star Wars is the darkest one. Is Empire? You know where a dude spoilers gets his hand cut <gasps> off by who he discovers is his father, who's not dead, but actually just turned to the dark side. And well, you know how it goes. But the point is, the darkest. Sometimes when you add a tinge of darkness to those more lighthearted uh, stories and franchises, like it can come up. You know, like Gangbusters. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I just everyone's just making a bunch of assumptions. Right. Right. I don't I'm, want I'm, it to become Last of Us. No, me neither. Well, it will not become that. But I also right. don't want them to. I don't want them to kill main characters and do all these. Like that's not what I want out of that series. Like they got so close to doing that in Uncharted Three, I think, and it was uncomfortable for me. Number six, Mortal Kombat Ten, or maybe Mortal X, Kombat. is official and it's coming to PlayStation Four and PlayStation Three as well as Xbox One, Xbox 360, and PC. It will launch in 2015 and will be shown off in more detail at E3. But you can go to IGN to check out the introductory trailer. If you'd like, Vince, tell me a little bit about Mortal Kombat 10. Well, uh, if you want to know more in detail, you know, I did do a rewind uh, theater on the trailer with Mr. Destin Legary. Pride of the Sunset. Shameless plug. Um, and I'll I bet it for you oh, in this thank- article. Oh, thank you, thank you. And I think we should have a conversation up between me and our very own Chris Abbott about some of the things we want to see from a Mortal Kombat X, 10, X, whatever you want to call it at this stage. Um, but yeah, so the key thing is right now... It, are that it looks like from the trailer a couple of the 
really old school like MK3 style mechanics might be coming back, like the run button, uh, which would be really exciting. Weapons like from MK4 might be coming back. This is all speculation. We're, we're gonna. I, I think I should be able to get my hands on the game at E3. They have said that they're going to be showing it at E3, so I'm, I'm going to be hounding the WB f- people to uh, to get my my teeth sunk firmly into that beast. Uh, but for now, I mean, it's a really pretty trailer, that's for sure. A lot of people hate the music, that's also <laughs> for sure, in that trailer. But um, an important uh, thing to note, though, that, that trailer was entirely uh, concept footage. Not an ounce of gameplay was in that, and that's confirmed from the people who made it. A company named uh, called uh, Digital Dimension uh, confirmed on their Twitter that it's it's all uh, – not, there's not a lick of gameplay in that, uh, in that trailer. So hopefully we'll get uh, something that's a little more – uh, of a game and not an experience or a cinematic at E3. The experience. Cool. Johnny Cage is in it? We don't know. Of course he is. You yeah. can't have a Mortal Kombat. He was awesome in the Cage. last Mortal Kombat. I just liked his tattoo. Number seven. The long-rumored sequel to Chaos Games, Homefront, is real. <gasps> Homefront the Revolution is under development at Crytek UK, the studio responsible for Time Splitters, as being, and is being published by Deep Silver on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. It takes place in Philadelphia after the events of the original Homefront and reportedly puts you in an open-world environment, which sounds pretty cool. You are a happy man. I will man. play it in yeah, you I'm really stoked. I mean, this is one of my most anticipated upcoming games now, um, just based on the, the subject matter. It sounds really, really cool. Uh, Philadelphia is also a cool and underused setting in games and fiction generally. Um, when you think about popular, super popular things that took place in fiction, everyone always says Rocky. Um, and there's just not, you know, and then Revolutionary War shit, and then that's basically it. So, um, so it would be cool to have, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. There's also that Geico commercial with the lizard outside the cheesesteak. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. There's right. also that action movie with Tom Hanks called Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Mm, the action movie. Streets of Totally an action yeah. movie. That movie was the most depressing thing I'd ever seen. I was like 10 years old. It was when it emotional came out action. I was like, holy shit. I love Tom Hanks. I thought I thought it was, was a rousing romantic comedy romp, Colin. Man, no, that movie is that movie horrifying. is pretty harsh. <laughs> Number eight, Denzel killing it though. Yeah, everyone was yep, right. Absolutely. Number eight, new footage of the so-called Project the Beast has leaked, indicating that From Software is indeed working on a PlayStation Four exclusive continuation of its Souls franchise. The studio originally released Demon Souls on a PS- as a PS3 exclusive, and its success surprised Sony. Sony didn't even publish it here. They were caught off guard. They didn't publish it here. Atlas did. Namco Bandai later got together with From Software to release Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2 across multiple platforms. Bastards. Sony still owns Demon Souls. Uh, but Sony declined to comment about Project Beast, including verifying if it's real. But the video we have on IGN certainly looks the part. Uh, so go mm-hmm. check it out if you want. Um, that game looks promising to me because it looks fast. And that's all I wanted. Out of, out of, I just want arcade-style, Ninja Gaiden-style controls, and, and, and I will play that game. And it seemed just from that 15 or 20-second footage we have that it's really fast as compared to Demon's Souls and Dark Souls. Yeah. And that sounds great to me. So, you know, we'll see if it's real. I assume it'll be at TGS mm-hmm. um, or Gamescom maybe. I don't think, you know, maybe, maybe at E3. I don't know. I don't think that's going to be an E3 thing. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. Um, I feel like that... Because of its origin, it's it's very very for that audience. Like the the, the I think it's very strongly for the Japanese audience. Like from like from all from stuff kind of feels that way. So uh, I think yeah, I think that's going to be a TGS banger. Bangers and mash. Pretty cool. The dude just carrying around a double barrel shotgun. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Number nine. Number nine. June's PlayStation Plus freebies have been revealed in North America. You can download Trying to Complete Story for PS4, NBA 2K14 for PS3, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time for PS3, 
Terraria for Vita and Mutant Mudge Deluxe for Vita. Keep in mind that these games will be available at different times throughout the month, not all at once. I think right now Trine is available. We also I also didn't mention Pixel Junk Shooter Complete or whatever it's called, yeah. uh, which is also free right now. Is it next month they move to putting them all out at once? I guess so, because not all these games are available right now. All right. Well, Josh writes into beyond.ign.com and says, Beyond. 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 And hello to Greg, Colin, and, of course, the ever-rotating third chair. I want to know your guys' take on the change to PlayStation Plus free games. Last week, PlayStation announced that they will be removing all of the older games from the service and instead just have two games for each platform, PS4, PS3, and Vita, available all month long. I feel like the service, as it existed previously, worked well enough, and this is an unnecessary change that somewhat lowers the appeal of the service overall. So my question to you, do you think this is a step forward or backward? I agree. I mean, I think it's I, – I, when I was reading about it, everyone was like, this is great. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. how, is this, how is this great? Like, I like the unpredictable nature. Sometimes we get a lot of Vita games. Sometimes we get no Vita games. Sometimes we get a PS4 game. Sometimes we get a PS3 game. I, and I like that it was released at different times, and they kind of teased it a little bit. Um, but I think this, this is a result of them probably I, – I can't imagine they're making money on PlayStation Plus, like yeah. at least hand over right. fist. They need to get rid of these old games. They're paying for them. They're, I mean, no one quite understands – you know, I've talked to some people about how it works. And they get they – get, you know, these developers get paid for these games. So when a game's free – so if there's ten free games or six free games, I mean, that's, that's – there could be millions of dollars in difference between – We've asked Sony games. for them to explain it to us. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, they don't go through that part of the financial <laughs> business for it. Personally, I don't. There's always money in the bank. I, I like the fact that it's going to turn over at a more regular interval. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to go all live on one day. I know what you're talking about today. I went to the PlayStation Store to get yeah, uh, Shooter, and Shooter was up there along with some other stuff that wasn't what they were talking about. You can still get Rainbow Moon. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. when the timeline is on when they're changing it all around as far as everything going up, everything coming down. But I, I like the idea of cycling them in and out. I mean, anybody who's paying enough attention to be upset about this. You already subscribed to PlayStation Plus, and you were already paying attention to PlayStation Plus. Yeah. So it was more for me that I'd be bored when I'd jump into PlayStation Plus and be like, oh, here's Uncharted Vita and all these old games that have been there forever, sure. and where's the new stuff? Like, just It's easier that every month now you just have to be active, and you have to use it, and you have to look for what your benefits are. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is that even if your problem is like is just physical storage space, like data space for this stuff. Just flag I mean, them. Just flag them, yeah. exactly. All you have to do is flag them. I mean, like, you have... Basically, it's like, hey, here's the new stuff. You have 30 days to flag this. You don't even have to download it. Just yeah. flag it. Yeah, you put know, it in your download list, and that's all you have to do. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't feel... I feel like, yeah, like maybe people's usage habits are going to have to change sure. a little bit. Like, if, you're, if you've had PlayStation Plus for a while now, you've gotten used to seeing the announcement and then just not doing anything with your life for two months, yeah. then you're probably going to be SOL. But I mean, I my mean, thing is, I don't think it's a step forward or backward. I think it's a yeah, sidestep. It's the exactly. same thing. You're still getting six games a month, and you just have to be active about it. I know for me, it goes the opposite way of where... So much stuff has come up, and I'm never – it's always staggered now of when it's going live. So I'll be like – at the beginning of the month, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to download that, right? And then I'm traveling that Tuesday that it happens, so I miss it, so I don't even think about it. And then two months later, I go in. I'm like, oh, crap, right, that came out. Like, this is like a dump where I know that any time in that month, I can go jump into that dump yeah. and put my hands, put your hands all, all up in it. it right? Yeah, and right. figure out what kind pieces, what the nuggets mm-hmm. I want out of that dump are. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I got to yeah. say, that's a good a way A raw dump. <sighs> got to have a raw dump. Worse and worse. Greg Miller, <laughs> dump jumper. Number 10. <laughs> Sony-owned studio Media Molecule, the company responsible for the Little Big Planet franchise, and Tearaway officially revealed on Twitter that it will not be at E3 this year, oh. essentially squashing any hope that we'll see their long-in-development PlayStation 4 project. However, there's a good chance we'll see them at Gamescom, so stay tuned. Um, they said they're not too far away from revealing it. They are a European studio. European studios tend to get the spotlight at Gamescom, and so it makes perfect sense that they would be there. But that's one less first-party studio to look forward to mm. at E3. Number 11. I'm going to hold your hand for this one. 
Sony's officially discontinued the PlayStation. No! After a decade on the market and 80 million units sold across the world, Sony revealed that PSP shipments will end this month in Japan and later this year in Europe. Shipments to North America already stopped in January, according to I Time Magazine. <laughs> Why didn't I know? Oh, bird in hell, Shuhei Yoshida. You could have saved them. <laughs> we could have saved them all. <laughs> this ring. How many PSPs could this ring have bought? <laughs> PSP was a great handle, and I miss it dearly. I, I love the PSP, um, and I'm glad it's gone because it's uh, <laughs> doing, Japan, doing a number exactly, on the Vita. Exactly, get it out of the way somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was reading the article. Sorry, I poked That's you there. Cool. That they have, they are putting out like uh, money saver packs, right, for the Vita now instead. And in Japan, trying to be like, hey, just switch over. It's cool. Just come over. Yeah, and it's good. It's safe now. Number twelve. It's a quick one. PlayStation 4's new firmware update 1.71 is now live. It doesn't seem to be mandatory or even that important. Yay! As Sony neither posted a PlayStation blog about it nor a forum post. Which I've never seen before, actually. But it's supposed to bring some new software stability to the console. Um, so there's Love that. me some software stability. Gotta yeah. have it. Number 13. Lives. And now some new game reveals. <gasps> Shoot'em up. Futuridium EP is coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita in July. Ratchet & Clank HD Trilogy is headed to PS Vita in July. Falling Skies is getting a tactical strategy RPG that will come to PS3 as well as Xbox 360, Wii U, and PC this fall. Fighting game Guilty Gear Xrd is officially coming west for PS3 and PS4 this fall by way of Arc System Works. That was a Colin Moriarty exclusive. Exclusive. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare is migrating from, away from PC and Xbox One to come to PS4 and PS3 this August. And I like that game a lot. I played it. I played it on Xbox One. It was uh, it's fun. Pretty rad. And finally, Telltale Games is bringing its Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us series to PlayStation Four as well as Xbox One later this year. Also, Telltale is teasing something for tomorrow, which would be Wednesday. And I know this is going to go up late in the day to begin with. But if you're, I don't know. They're talking about something crazy happening tomorrow. I don't know. Be interesting. I stay away from them because I play their stuff all at once. So yeah, I don't listen to them otherwise. Exactly. So those games sound great. Yep, sound like video games I want to play with my eyes and my hands. But sadly. They're not out yet. Nope. To find out what is in stores right now, we turn to the official Andrew Goldfarb memorial list of upcoming software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Very good. Very good. <laughs> on PlayStation 3, Murdered Soul Suspect came out. Not supposed to be very good. No, did not, did not score well with IGN. Uh, I have Drakengard 3 written on here, but I have no idea why. Because that came out like two weeks ago, and Don Bradman's Cricket Fourteen. Woo! Who's Don Bradman again? I don't know. He's the king of cricket. Someone who's probably more famous than me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> PlayStation Four. Murdered Soul Suspect also came out there. Also, that's a that's good. a cross gen game. Yeah. Wow. Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate. Yeah. One game I've been really excited about since E3 last year. One thousand and one spikes. Oh yeah. no! Shit! That came out this week. Yeah. That yes. game is awesome. Game I played that a couple at a bunch of events. Love it. Yeah. War Thunder. You want to play that at home? Game. Sure. You want to be friends? Not really. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Worms Battlegrounds came out on Vita. PlayStation Vita Pets, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate, 1001 Spikes, and Hyperdimension Neptunia, Producing Perfection, which is supposed to be very bad. Yep. Oh. And PlayStation 1 Classic, I know you've been waiting for this one, Heroin Dream. Oh my god, I love that Heroin Dream. Yeah. Put it right in my face! <laughs> that reminded me, it's Tuesday. Are we hanging out tonight? Are we going to play 1001 Spikes? Uh, yeah, we can hang out at home. I, I'm, gonna, I'm tired. That's but, fine. Yeah, we can go out on Thursday, maybe. No, I got plans on Thursday. We can hang out tomorrow. We, I think our oh, other yeah, thing well, I, right, I think I canceled. Yeah, we'll we'll migrate till tomorrow. All right, great. 
Every time I'm on, they make mandate plans. No, we're supposed to hang out on Tuesdays and because I'm we never, never included. We never see each other anymore, even though we live together and work together both at home and at home here. <laughs> that would require me for, to leave my bedroom, <laughs> which doesn't happen. Bro. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of the year. E3 is next week. Yes, we will be podcasting from E3. Yes, Shuhei Yoshida will be joining us. Yes, Andrew Goldfarb will be joining us. The whole crew is back together. But right now, a week removed. We do our annual E3 predictions. The rules are simple. We should have brought three predictions to the table. Technically five. We bring two alternates. We go around one by one, and then we see at the end, M-Dog on next week, on his weekend, after E3, we'll tabulate who won. We'll go over that next week. He's got the machine. The old M-Dog. He's the beyond supercomputer. He's got like a vision. He's got a visor on. I imagine him at home with I gotta get these predictions done, Dad. I imagine him home with an abacus. Yeah, that's kind of like the way. It, well, because you know, it. if you're ne- if you've never watched or listened before, Colin's going to get into granular detail with his thing, so he can win by a tenth of a yeah. point. I'm, just, not, I'm not so much this. Just year. be ready for an ever like flowing stream of bullshit from this man across the table. Everyone, like, watch how he games the system. Colin, <clears throat> yeah, you're the PlayStation expert. I say you start. I'm gonna okay. go this way. Number one. The Last Guardian is real, Team Eco is developing it, and it will be re-revealed at E3. It will launch this fall and will be available on both PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. I'm so glad you said that. How confident are you? 100%. This is a, a lock. You, you say, we say this every year, it seems. Every year. <laughs> I'm, so we, I'm 100% confident there. every year that this is going to happen. I was personally counting on you Ooh. saying that. Um, just real quick, we don't use our insider information on these either. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm sorry, that's a great point. You, you know, it's one of those things where previous Beyond hosts would do this and be like, <laughs> oh, I think this, and they would know. Anything we predict here means that we don't know if it's going to happen. That's why if we dance around things sometimes, we mm. don't say certain things that we've been predicting in the past, maybe those have been confirmed mm. since then. Or maybe we know they're not confirmed. Mm. Right. They, they are not, or maybe we confirm they're not happening. Gregory? All right. Let's see what I'm going to consult the old crazy ass prediction list here. E3. They're going to walk out on stage. Yeah. Talk about PlayStation now. And they're going to say, it's out next week. Hmm. I predict that Tuesday after E3, PlayStation now launches. The next day. That's very close no, to it. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying the week after. So you, you clear E3, the, cra- the week of craziness, and then the next week. So, there it is. Okay. So okay. I don't know what date that'd be. But you that, know. That's very close to one of my predictions, but not quite. Well, I'm, thanks for the fucking update. The seventeenth, PlayStation Now. Uh, right? I fucking love you. I fucking want to do you. <laughs> PlayStation Now, June seventeenth. Greg Miller says. Okay. Anybody want to argue, argue? Nope. Debate. I'll I'll wait for my turn. Okay. Okay. Which is right now. Which is right now. But he's got a whole bunch of. He's refuting us. Now, on both now I don't. Now I don't know who to fire. No, okay, I know who to fire at first. Okay. Another year will come and go without so much as a peep. About the Last Guardian. Ooh. Only one man can be right. <laughs> M Dog, you must decide. <laughs> Number two. PlayStation Vita will get at least one new game using a first party owned IP, but it will come from a second party studio. Mm. The game will either be Infamous or God of War. I like it. That's bold. Interesting. So, not Sucker Punch or Santa Monica working on this game? No, definitely not. Who do you think it'll be? Ready at dawn? No. Who do you think it'll be? 343? 343 stopped everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Sanzaru? Oh! Shit, um, could Could do, easily do a game like that? What are you up to, Matt Kramer? Yeah, something. Yeah, no, I totally... I, I can totally get behind that. I actually predicted that... 
I actually predicted something like that for – like when we did uh, our, our year, next yeah, year yeah. predictions, I, I said that I felt like there was going to be a Vita Infamous game that was going to bridge the gap. That's another one we've been saying forever. Second Son. That's just all wishful thinking. I know. That one is really, <laughs> really wishful thinking. Gregory? Speaking of wishful thinking, Parappa the Rapper, PlayStation 4, 2015. <laughs> mm, that's it. The three That'd things cool. that are in there. Yeah. It's time. It is time. You saw the reaction he got in PlayStation All-Stars. Ooh, everyone loved that game. Bring him out as a digital game. Mm-hmm. There you go. That'd be cool. I like that. Um, Sony will unveil no less than two new exclusive first-party titles. Neither of them will come out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Talk about fucking general. <laughs> Learn from the best, Colin. <laughs> I learned it from watching you. I don't know which one to uh, go to from here. Yeah, now we have our alternates, but I'm, I'm pulling up an alternate to replace one of my other ones that was general for my third and final. I'll say, I'm going to say, I have an outlandish one on here, but I'm not going to use it. You're going to save that? Or? Yeah. Number three, Sony Ben's new game will finally be revealed. <laughs> Slated for a 2015 release on PS4 and PS Vita. It's not related to Siphon Filter. Mm. Now I'm looking forward to your outlandish ones. Uh, I absolutely um, knew we were not getting through this podcast without Sony Ben coming up. <laughs> It's from my boy Eric Jensen. He loves it. <laughs> Every time Eric says anything on Twitter, I tweet at him a picture of Gabe Logan. Anthony Gaius was talking to him about coming to work or trying to find a job or whatever, and you did that too. Eric Jensen did not sing please. <laughs> <laughs> this is one I'm pulling up from the minors that I, I added during the show. Media Molecule shows up, shows their game. I think they're pulling a Jaffe here. No, we're not going. We're not showing Twisted Metal. And then Jaffe rolls out an ice cream truck and shows Twisted Metal. Right. But what if Shaban Reddy rolled up in in an ice cream truck and showed Twisted Metal? (laughs) (laughs) That's one way that could happen. (laughs) That would be interesting. Twisted Metal karting? I I don't know. (sighs) Vince, your final prediction for the M-Dog tablets. See now I'm gonna I'm gonna pickle here because now God, I'm now gonna pickle. now <laughs> now I'm wondering if I should go with okay I'm gonna pull up one of my yeah because this one's boring no one gives a shit about Uncharted Four um, <laughs> right right sure I had totally. an Uncharted Four prediction but so I was did like, I yeah. now, I'm the same thing now way, it's yeah. boring now the prediction I wanna, is boring I don't want to <laughs> do it anymore um, packages okay so uh, PlayStation Now yeah uh, will be announced as going into open beta immediately at the show or the following week, uh, along with some kind of huge classic uh, title to push it, such as perhaps, but not limited to, Final Fantasy VII. Interesting. Okay. Okay. In the, in the, so in the open beta, would they be charging money? What are, we, what are we terming as out, I guess? Since it's, a, it's an app you download for free regardless. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know. Currently charge? in the closed beta, everything's free. You're right, just trying right. games out. Um, I think you know if if it's free, yeah, it is free now. So yeah, they're gonna keep it free. In okay, the op- so that that's the the coin flip for us. Open yeah. beta for for you is still free. Yes, be, being released for me is that it money is on the table. Right. Okay. All right. There they are, locked in. The official three from each one of us. Mm-hmm. Now let's hear the alternates. What do you have for All your right. alternate? I have two other ones. <laughs> Uncharted Four will be given an official name and release date. It will launch holiday 2015. And then the other one is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Stories will be revealed as a Ooh. PlayStation Vita exclusive and will launch in 2015. That'd be awesome. And I kind of feel in my gut that that IP leak might 
like that trademark leak might mm-hmm. be Vita related. That would be pretty fucking huge. Yeah, because a lot of people that are younger or didn't have PSP or PS2 back in the day don't maybe might not remember that the the stories Grand Theft Auto games that were there to like tell us to shut up in between San Andreas yeah. and Grand Theft Auto Four were they were of a lesser quality, lesser production value, but they were they were fun. Yeah, people loved especially them. on PSP. Yep, and uh, some of the first PSP games I ever played and. Um, that would be fucking awesome. Sony is going to have to pay for that. Yeah. And uh, maybe even have another studio develop it. But um, to just have that... Like Grand Theft Auto is a game that would sell Vitas. And so um, that would be pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Mine, the first one was eliminated because it was boring in, the sec- in too general. And the second one was eliminated... Be- oh, I'm sorry. The first was too general. The second one was just too boring. My first alternate was the Vita is getting a big title from a third party. It'll be out of left field. It'll be a Borderlands kind of situation. Where it's just a, a third party thing we know and mm-hmm. put out, blah, blah. blah. Skyrim. Exactly. Can you fucking imagine? <laughs> Holy shit. I couldn't imagine it ever running. I know, I, mean, I know, I know. <laughs> and then my, my other. Border- Borderlands barely does. Yeah. My boring one was just that the YouTube app comes to PlayStation 4 this fall. <laughs> That's a fucking terrible one. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. Make that in the back of the Uber when you were on your, on your ride away. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so my other, my other two. One of them was boring, and then the other one was, I don't know, kind of more strategic, like kind of strategic level. Less about games exactly. So, yeah, mine was similar to yours. Uncharted 4 will get a name and release window, not date, but a name and release window at the Sony press conference, um, along with a reveal of an Uncharted PS4 bundle mm-hmm. was, uh, was what I was going to go with. Um, but there's no way that's not happening, so it's not really an interesting prediction. Um, maybe not the bundle part. Uh, so the other one was that I think... And this is going to sound redundant at first, but I think indie is going to be a huge part of the presentation this year, but more so than it has been in the past, even though they keep beating that drum. Because with so many of their big games, so many big games slipping to 2015, and I don't think any, you know, I did say that I think they're going to announce a couple of new exclusive first party titles that are going to be pretty big, but I don't see how they could go from announcement to, to bringing them to market to bear in you know in 2014 so i feel like there's gonna be a big gap still in 2015 and one of the ways they're gonna try to shimmy around that and kind of sell around that is by focusing and beating the drum even harder on on indie titles which aren't all necessarily just like you know pixel art retro platformers anymore like um, an indie title can now be you know a pretty meaty Experience, and right. I think they're going to try to sell that. Like, like games, for instance, like The Witness yeah. are a good example of an indie game that doesn't seem indie in the sense that it's it's not like of a, a super limited, super specific uh, experience. So, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to play that card as like the reason to look at their platform without the big guns coming out in 2014. Okay. Good predictions, Vince. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I, tr- I try. It's my pleasure. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Beyond is nothing without you. So we opened up Beyond at IGN.com to all your questions about that there, E3. We'll start with Johnny. Johnny says, Beyond to Colin, beyond. Greg, and the rotating third chair that continues to defy the laws of perpetual motion. Beyond. I have one quick question. Will this be the E3 that Sony makes it clear that they've given up on the Vita? I've owned a Vita for years now, and I love it, but it doesn't seem like Sony are going to try and get any more Uncharted-quality games on it anytime soon. I love the indies. It gets, but I don't want that to be all there is. So what do you guys think about the whole Vita situation? So real quick, um, if you're watching on the video and you have great eyesight, you might be able to see that on my list of predictions, I had a a number six, and that was blank. 
and what that was going to be, but I printed this out before remembering what I wanted to do and writing it down, was that I think Sony is probably going to spend 10 minutes or less talking about the Vita mm. at E3. I'm not saying that I think they're going to concede defeat because companies don't just do that. Um, How crazy if they did. But, but I, do, I do think that they are not going to be spending a Make lot a of time about talking about what's going on on the Vita right now because I just don't think they're going to they're going to have a whole lot to talk about that they wouldn't be better served spending time talking about some of the smaller scale projects that are going to enrich the PS4. If they have and I know there's we've discussed this table different ways if Project Beast or whatever is a Souls game, right? If they have that and they have Grand Theft Auto, they do a considerable chunk building up, right? So it's like we have this indie and we have this game and then the, you know Sony Ben's working on this thing and then blah blah and then then we have the Souls game and also Grand Theft Auto coming out here in this bundle. I think they totally. That's like what they do, right, to breathe life and talk mm-hmm. about it. Otherwise, yeah, it's, got, it's a weird proposition of how you put that into the show. I think what they have to start doing, and I think they will because some of these studios have you know, good experience with Vita now, some of their own studios is, um, I think some of these games are going to be on both PS4 and Vita, and like you're just going to have, like, it would be a waste to have Ben make a PS4 game and not use their handheld knowledge. They, these guys made, you know, Resistance, um, and uh, they made Resistance Uncharted Retribution. Ret- Retribution, right? And they made Uncharted um, Golden Abyss, and so like they understand the Vita, and they understand the PSP, and they understand the handheld market, and they, you know, Siphon Filter obviously was on PSP. Like that's that's in their blood, and it's the same thing with Gorilla Cambridge. Like they they know how to make Vita games, and the same thing with Studio Japan. Like they know how to make Vita games. Gravity Rush Two is in development. Freedom Wars is in development. Those ga- those are in- internal developed games that will come out in the states. So. Um, I think that, you know, I agree, like, a company's not going to go up there that, you know, Kaz is going to go on stage and be like, fine. <laughs> you win. Fine. <laughs> All right? You don't want it. We're not. No. I think that, you know, I think Vita could hit 25 million lifetime, and I think um, it's 15 million away or, you know, 16 million away from that. I think they could totally do it. They just need a couple more big games to, to send it out there. It's never going to be anything bigger than that, but, um, you know, third party, um, you know, by, you know, Geo Corsi and those guys that are working on those things, they're not done. Like, there's going to be more. And, you know, Borderlands isn't the end of that story. I still think um, you're going to see something unexpected, Vita-related. Like, like my boring, very general thing. That, like, I think there'll be a big franchise that's announced at E3 coming to Vita. That'd be great. And, and I, But I, I don't necessarily disagree with Vince in the, in the main, which is like, yeah, yeah 10, 15 minutes. Sure. If, if the, you know, they're, they... Sony's press conferences are not as long as they used to be. If they Thank want to God. do 90 minutes, then an hour they're going to have to give an hour to PS4 and then maybe a little bit to PS3. I, 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 one of my predictions I didn't, didn't guess, but th- I think they're going to drop PS3's price. Um, and that will be a, a big story and maybe maybe some new PS3 games. I mean, that's not necessarily unheard of, especially in Japan and Sony's home market. PS, you know, Persona 5 is a PS3 game. So, like, you know... Um, and no, I wouldn't expect to see Persona Five at the press conference, but awesome uh, that that is a TGS game through and through. I yep, think you can absolutely. you can bet on that. Um, but you know, so I, I think Sony has kind of juggled this hardware successfully. PS3 is a very successful piece of hardware. Why not tr- why not drop it to ninety nine bucks? You know, yeah. and say like, by the way, you know, here's a couple new games that are coming down the pipe from a third party or a second party or whatever, and be like, you know, now you can play all yeah. these great games and PlayStation, you know. Well, if you don't want to do that, PlayStation Now, like you guys were saying. So um, I think they'll juggle all three consoles, but I think, you know, 85% of it will be at PS4, and that's the way it has to be. Yeah. Especially because there's so many fears. Like I wrote in my editorial last week about their upcoming library. Like, you mm. got to start announcing some games. you got to get them out, you know. Um, that's why I think The Last Guardian I, – I, I mean, everyone laughs, like, because it's a joke here at work, too. Like, I really do think The Last Guardian is going to come out this year. Like, I think that, like, they, their whole thing with that is – they don't worry about canceling games, right? Like, in terms of announcing them. Like, they do cancel games. Sony does cancel games. They cancel Sony Santa Monica's game, you yeah. know? Um, they never canceled The Last Guardian because it's fucking in development. 
You know what I mean? Like, like that. That's why they haven't canceled yet. Otherwise, why wouldn't they just be like, fine? Like, we don't want to talk about this shit anymore. <laughs> you know? But they don't do that because they have to talk about it again. And I think, I think whether it's a at, if it's not here, it'll be a TGS or Gamescom, I'm sure. But like where they're going to be like, the game is real. Team Eagle's been working on it. Here's what it looks like. Here's the release date. You can play it at E3. We're not talking about it anymore. You know what I mean? Like that, I think that's and like we're cutting our losses. We clearly lost a ton of money on this game. It's out. Hopefully, it's good. Let's move on. You know, I think that's going to be the situation with that particular game. Josh writes in to Beyond at IGN.com and says, Beyond. 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 Since someone probably brought it up, what's the big deal about The Last Guardian? I don't really understand why everyone is so excited for it. I'm assuming it's mostly from their experience playing Shadow of the Colossus. It wasn't that impressive of a trailer either. Can you go over why people constantly say this is one of their most anticipated games, even though we haven't heard or seen anything about it since 2009 or whatever year it was? I mean, Thanks, he, Beyond. John. He answered his own question. Like Shadow of, of the Colossus was one of the most special games ever made. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that whatever that team was going to do next, everyone was going to want to be a part of. And sure, the trailer was not – it wasn't technically groundbreaking. It didn't necessarily showcase anything gameplay-wise that would make people go, oh, my God, that's a game that I need to play. But knowing that the knowing the DNA of, of, of the team and what they're capable of from a, a narrative and atmosphere standpoint – I think that the trailer at least promised us that we can expect just as much magic um, and sentiment from uh, from the Last Guardian as we as we got out of uh, Eco and uh, and Shadow of the Colossus. So that's really, it's I mean it's not a complicated answer. Yeah, Shadow of the Colossus is the reason why that right. was a special game, and we want to see what a special team can do to follow it up uh, with better hardware. I don't know how old Josh is, but it'd be similar to if. After Last of Us, there was no Uncharted 4 trailer, or there even is the Uncharted 4 trailer, but mainly there's a new IP trailer that mm-hmm. they put out, right, that Naughty Dog puts out, this studio that just put out this perfect 10 game that everyone loves and thinks changed acting and did all this different stuff, and then goes quiet for a generation. Yeah. And there's all this sim- turmoil. This actually sounds a lot like Unchar- <laughs> Uncharted 4. Yeah. But there's all this turmoil behind the scenes. You want to know what is happening. Is that vision still intact? How mm-hmm. is is that is what makes made Shadow Colossus special still going to be in this game, even mm-hmm. though it's years later and so many people have come and gone like at first it was totally people were into it because of shadow of the Colossus and what team eco does right and now it's totally because what the fuck has happened for yeah. all these years what has been going on and what is that final game going to look like now yeah i think i mean i think i'm interested in it for different reasons than a lot of people are interested in it when the last guardian was announced it was 2009 first of all interesting little tidbit ryan clement saw that game running so he's yeah. one of the only people i think in the entire world outside of sony has ever seen he the went actual there game for the ngp reveal yep. which would later become the playstation vita and he saw someone played the game for him so like he actually saw the game was running and that's like that's an amazing little tidbit but um, so you know to me the game is fascinating because something went terribly wrong at Team Eco. Yeah. And what's so interesting, when people ask about my Naughty Dog piece or my Santa Monica history or whatever, like, we have access to these studios. You know, we know Neil and Bruce. We know, you know, Shannon at Sony Santa Monica. We can ask them questions, and sometimes they won't answer them, but at least we have the opportunity to sit down and try to ask them questions and meet them every so often, and they're always very friendly. And we don't – I've been to Studio Japan, and we don't – you know, I spent some time there, and I, I know some people there, but we've – we don't have that kind of access to that team. And what I always think about is Fimitsu or 4Gamer, one of these studios, they fucking know what happened, you know? And they know people at those studios. And there's an interesting story behind The Last Guardian that I suspect will be more interesting and better than the game. And, you know, 
it to me with Ueda and all the te- the talent at team at Team Eco at the time. They it seems to me that they fell apart, and like there's. We don't have confirmation of that because we don't have access to those developers, and those developers are a little more quiet in Japan, and it's a little more traditional, it's a little more prideful. You know, like mm. they're not going to tell stories like that, and or if they do, they tell them off the record at a bar with their friends or whatever. So I'm more interested in the Last Guardian because I want to know how the fuck a team has taken nine years and not put out a game and still exist. That's the to me, and they're in that building in Studio Japan. You know, at Studio Japan, and they're yeah. doing something, but they haven't put out a game. Like I've always said to people, like imagine. Shadow of the Classes came out in 2005. I was like a sophomore in college when that game came out. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm 29 years old. And that <laughs> game, and their next game is still not out. <laughs> and not only that, but, like, they still insist that it exists and that it's going to come out. So, to me, I'm, I'm more interested in it in a scholarly way. Mm. There's a story behind that game. And whoever gets it, I, I, I hope it's me. I wish it was me. But I don't care who gets it. Like, I want someone to tell me what, what went wrong with that studio and what happened. Because what clearly happened, in my opinion, was they had the game. It wasn't working. They got rid of Ueda, you know, and brought him back. There's a lot of drama behind the scenes, and they spent, no doubt, tens of millions of dollars on this game. So why not just pull the plug? Maybe it's because they see something really special in it. And I think now is the time. Yeah. They've been very, you know, the last year, 18 months, ever since PS4 was revealed, they keep saying, like, it's, it's, it exists. The game's in development. And uh, I got to take them at their word, you know? Like, why would Shuhei and all those guys, Scott Rohde and all those guys, say that it was in development if it wasn't? You know, I think... Because Rohde's a liar. But I, but I think, I think the time is now. I think that game is ready to go soon, and I think they've just been keeping it quiet because they understand that they like got bit in the ass when they revealed it eighteen to two months to two years ahead of when it was supposed to come out, and they realized that was a huge mistake. So I care about it because it's fucking fascinating. Yeah, you know, not be. I don't. I could be totally fine never playing the Last Guardian. Like all I want to know is like is I just want I want to be a fly on the on the wall of that studio, you know, and like. The, tu- the tumultuous nature of what was going on there because there's no way and those guys are artists and there's no way that like something didn't go wrong you know what I mean? so that's why I care what cool. if you just evaporate and then all of a sudden you were flying the wall in that studio and that was your one wish <sighs> that'd be fucked up I couldn't wish my way out I saw no, it's stuck. you're stuck there that's yeah. it you, so like, I know the story but I can't tell anyone yeah that's the one. <laughs> well, it's yeah, like you, a Twilight Zone episode you fly back here somehow and then you just go to each key on my keyboard and I have to ty- type it out real slowly <laughs> it takes years for us to <laughs> Mauricio writes in to beyond at IGN.com and says, Do you guys think we'll see any new Kingdom Hearts 3 updates at E3? No. I think we'll see Final Fantasy 15, but not Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 is not... A, I keep saying that game's not coming out like until 2017, maybe. Like that, didn't they say when they announced it? They're like, it doesn't even really exist. You know, like they're basically <laughs> like, Final Fantasy 15 is the shit that they're worried about right now, that team. And uh, they share a producer and director, don't they? So like they can't be right. working on both. At the same time, they have shown gameplay footage. So, what the footage they showed last year wasn't that like just like this is what we think it's going to look like. Uh, I wasn't. A, I mean, maybe maybe it was. I wasn't. It didn't look so spectacular that I was like this must be target Whoa. render. It looked like it was feasibly gameplay footage. Yeah, to I, me I, anyway. I think I don't know. You know, Square. I don't know like what's going on with them, but it seems to me that because Final Fantasy 15 is 13 versus. That that is the game that they have to concentrate on sure. getting out, and I think that game comes out in 2015. I think like once that game comes out, then they send everyone over to Kingdom Hearts. That's on that team or whatever. I'm sure they have some people working on Kingdom Hearts now, but um, and you see Kingdom Hearts in 2016, 2017. I, I don't think it. I don't think it would be wise for them to talk about that game right now because it makes people f- just like last year. It makes people see, feel like it's close. It's not. It's not close. You know, like <laughs> like Final Fantasy 15. I think is going to be. I think Square will be at, at the E3 press conference with Final Fantasy 15 for sure. This one comes from Jeff. 
And Colin, it's inadvertently only aimed at you. Try not to sneeze. I'm doing this thing. The deep breath. <laughs> Suck in all the ghosts. <sighs> Jeff says, will Sony announce a PlayStation Now launch date with a launch lineup? Vince and I. We've got this covered. We've, we've covered it. <laughs> I say, yeah, it's coming out right away. You say, yeah, open beta. So, yeah. What do you, how do you, where do you think this is coming out? I think they will talk about a release date or at least a re- re- release month. Um, the beta's been quiet. Like Even the stats they released on the beta weren't compelling to me in terms of like how much it was used. Um, they were talking about something like, like 50,000 hours or something like that. Like, that doesn't seem like a lot. Also, uh, they had a terrible list of titles, I think, available. I think it was was it something like nine titles were available for the longest time. Yeah, and I think they updated it. And they I think, cycle them in and out. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, think, I think that you, you know, they said summer all along. I think it's going to be only in the U.S. Obviously, they've said that too. Maybe Canada. Yeah, I think August, September, something like that. But I, I, PS Now, I don't know. Like I, You don't know? I, it's, it's, a cool, it's a cool idea. It's a very promising idea. They bought Gaikai to make this happen in addition to the communication between Vita and PS4. Um, I think it's a very promising idea. I just don't know how, like, how based just, like, there's going to be latency, like, issues no matter what. Like, this is one of the things, like, you have to have, like, almost, like, a a system that anticipates what you're going to do to make the latency go away because no matter, like, how good it is, there's still going to inherently be latency. Sure, you're still communicating off the day. At the speed of light or whatever, even, like, there's still going to be some delays or whatever, so... I'm just interested to see how they fix some of these problems. People seem to like the beta. I mean, yeah. Um, so yeah, PS Now will be there. I'm sure they'll talk about it. I'm, I, the weirdest there, thing, so. right, was that it seemed like for the longest time what was going to be awesome about PlayStation Now would be the fact that okay, you get to play all these PlayStation Three games you missed. They keep putting these the remastering and then putting out. Last of Us is the one they one of the games they originally demoed it with for us, right? Mm. And then sure enough, here's Last of Us remastered. It's like, well, what's the point anymore of like I, I'd I'd rather wait for the remastered version where there will be no latency and will be you know super HD. Oh, and it's it, weird because they put so much money into. I mean, Gaikai was a big investment. Yeah, I mean, how, yeah. How, how, how three hundred ninety million or something. It's like a crazy that. amount of capital. They yeah, very stoked. Like that. Whatever that guy's name is, the guy who uh, Steve Perry stoked, but he's just stoked all the time. Is that is that no? David Perry's the guy, right? Yeah. That owns Gaikai. I'm talking about Steve Perry. Oh, from Journey. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard he played a live show for the first time since 1995. Where? Well, Here? He's from the no, bank. like somewhere. Steve or Dave? Somewhere. <laughs> no, no, Steve Perry. <laughs> Dave Perry, I don't think play, might play in a garage. You band. don't know. I can he plays see. Rock Dave, band, I probably. can see. I can see Dave Perry slapping a bass. Mm-hmm. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bus. <laughs> Craig B writes in and says Beyond. Beyond. Dear yeah. Colin, Greg, and the guests in the ever-rotating third chair, in a dream scenario, what game would you like to see as Sony's and one more thing moment? On the other hand, what do you realistically think it will be? Um, For me, in a dream scenario, right, uh-huh. it would be they, uh, they get to ready to walk off stage and come back, one more thing, and it's this awesome Uncharted blowout. I don't think they do that because I think they need to explain what's happening with Uncharted in some way, shape, or form, Right. Evan and Kristoff come out. Neil and Bruce come out. Hey, we're the guys who made The Last of Us. We're in charge of it. You know, I mean, like, own a little bit of what's happening, right? They've already did a little bit with this game in former piece, but, like, actually get out now in the public eye and be like, this is what's up. Because they made such a big deal about revealing it for PlayStation 4 with uh, Amy. Amy and Justin. Exactly. And and, uh, Stashwick, right? Like, everything's different now. We need to get new faces out to say, these are the people, even if it ends... 2015, 2016, mm. soon, not this year. You know what I mean? Like, definitely, it's definitely not coming out this year. I know. I, I just people still, I still think, think it's coming out this year. There's no way. Like, uh, there's no way, in my opinion, that Uncharted Four comes out before oh, fall you, you'd 2015. You'd have to be, you'd have to be off your rocker. I think. I still say spring 2016. Yeah, I think I think that's totally reasonable. Yeah. I don't think any sooner than November. Like, yeah, oh, what, no, was, what was Uncharted Three? Eleven, one, eleven. Like yeah. somewhere yeah. In, that, in that time frame, like would be. Holiday 2015, I think was a, wait. Uncharted was a Uncharted three. 
That was I thought that was eleven, 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 wasn't it? Or which one am I thinking of? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, too far back. I think you're right. And you know, Uncharted Four no sooner than holiday 2015. Yeah, it's like and, the earliest. Uh, I think Uncharted Four blowout would be cool. Um, I would like for them to um, show the game off. You know, show us what they're working on, all those kinds of things. I think Uncharted. You know, eleven, one, eleven. Yeah, Got just what nailed I said. it. But uh, yeah, I mean, do I, I have like fanboy, you know, dreams of obscure ass shit that they're gonna do, and like, I would love to see gorillas, you know, rumored open world RPGs. Oh man, that'd be awesome. God, yes, you know, that would be great. Um, I think that'd be fucking rad. I just don't think that they're gonna do that yet. I don't think it makes any sense. I didn't especially... make any predictions about that because I thought everyone would have taken that. But no, I mean, well, just in the sense that I mean, they they apparently have more than one team there, but um, Killzone just came out, and they got to give that those guys time to breathe. I think. Yeah. Plus, the DLC is coming out. Um, so yeah, I think an Uncharted like a, like a literally a fifteen minute Unch- like playthrough of Uncharted. I mean, think about you know we've been to a lot of E three conferences, right? A lot of yeah. like in the person we've watched even more of them. And the best moment I've ever I ever saw at an E three press conference ever was when they played The Last of Us. Yeah, that was, that was unreal. And yeah. it was it was awesome. And that was in the game. That that section was in the game. You know, like yeah, that wasn't yeah. I mean, it was you know, it wasn't like that I, was not a vertical slice. So many vertical slices that you <laughs> never see again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know. Just something like that with Uncharted would be fucking awesome. You yeah, know? pretty sick. Just play 15 minutes of Uncharted from the beginning or something would be cool. I think what would be big for me, but it's probably I – mean, there's no way it happens because just you look at it realistically and the personnel and where they are. But if at the very end – it wouldn't have to be at the end, but if they were to reveal that Square is working on a traditional Final Fan- entry in the Final Fantasy numbered series, not – 15, which looks like an action, which looks basically an an action game set in the Final Fantasy universe, which is fine for some people. If they, you know, they uh, the Luminous engine that they they showed that that tech demo for, I want to see a traditional Final Fantasy built on that engine, and they show like an opening cinematic or like 15 or 10 minutes of gameplay from uh, from that. I guess it would be Final Fantasy 16. And or that, a Final Fantasy VII remake would be cool. Or, right. Or a Final That'd Fantasy VII remake with that engine would be sick too. But I just – I'm – ever since Square kind of pull, started pulling a 180 and realizing that what they've been doing for the last, you know, five, seven years is Go just back kind to of, basics. Go back to basics and they've realized they need to like refocus on what their fans actually want. Um, I think that would be an exciting show of uh, commitment to that idea. Right. I don't think it's going to happen because they've got Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XV to worry yeah, about. Yeah. I think so. those I think those things do happen. I just don't – I think we get another Final Fantasy Tactics game eventually. I think we get a Final Fantasy VII remake, hopefully a VI remake. I think that you know Dragon Quest XI should hopefully be not an MMO. Yeah, um, they are bonkers with some of the things they've been doing, and I think that they, like you said, I think they've totally been like, yeah, you're right. You know, like we should have listened all along. Yeah, you know, and yeah, you should have uh, because you've you know disassociated yourselves from a bunch of longtime fans that buy everything. I used to buy everything with everything a Square from logo. Square. On Me it. too. Me when too. I was a kid, man, I like. Every Square game from like 1992 or 1993 yep. to 2002, I bought every one of them. You know, and like there's like not there's like almost no holes in that in that. Like it really is true. Like even Einhander and yep. and the Bouncer and like Bouncer. all like ev- yep. e- like anything. And like I just I don't have that kind of loyalty to any company anymore. You know, and like it's they did that. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like it was really it really. I mean, their downfall really started with ten to me, and then yep. yes, really just fell off a cliff with twelve. Um, and so I hope you're right. I hope you're right because that company has a special place in my heart, just like Nintendo does, where it's like, just come back to me. That was one Talk of the, to me again. One of the few companies that I could say, like, the seeing that emblem on the box meant to me I didn't have anything to worry about. 
this is I can hand my money over right. with a clear conscience. Yeah, and there was only a few times I got burned. Like Saga Frontier sucks. Yeah, um, that game was fucking terrible. Um, I like how it didn't. It, it wasn't that Saga Frontier sucked. It still actively it sucks. sucks. It that game does. <laughs> that game's awful. But for every one of those games, there was a Xenogears. Yep. There was uh, oh, Secret of Mana. Xenogears. There was uh, Chrono Vagrant Trigger. Story. Vagrant Story. Uh, My God. They, I don't know how they did it. Um, obviously, using a lot of different studios, but those those, you know, Brave Fancy Musashi. Oh yes. Like just oh, just fantastic games. All sorts of different kinds of games. Yeah. They were all RPGs, but they were Parasite Eve. Parasite like, Eve. Oh, sure. Jesus Christ. I get misty. Mm. I get misty eyed over those days. Yeah. yeah, those were good days. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Podcast Beyond, episode 345. Thank you so much for sticking out with us. Let us know your E3 predictions by tweeting us, by putting them in the comments, and then make sure you come back next week for another installment of Podcast Beyond, this time with Shuhei Yoshida. Andrew Goldfarb returns from the dead for one show only. We post the MP3 on Tuesday, the video on Wednesday. That's usually. Next week will be all effed up because of E3, but be looking at it. Follow the Twitters. We're doing the the show on, on Wednesday. Wednesday, so hopefully I'll get the MP3 up that night sometime after everything gets settled down in the video whenever I can. Uh, make sure you go to IGN.com. It keeps the mics on. You go there, you watch the videos, you read the articles. You download the PlayStation 4 app, which will be streaming all of IGN's E3 coverage live. We have the pre- and post-show conferences for every conference on monday the conferences themselves of course then tuesday through thursday every hour whatever it is i don't even know i guess like every 10 minutes i don't even know what you're saying there's the live show what's well, every hour of the day the live show's going and then the different segments you can find I'm, it all at ign.com and i'm excited that we're not uh, i have two things to say sure i forgot one of these things e3 related not going to sony's conference this year i will be on the pre and post game show with greg and damon which yeah. will be fun um Vince will be going to the show in my, yes, my, as my proxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, number two, uh, I asked our engineers, because some people have been asking us uh, on uh, Twitter and emails and stuff, where we have this PlayStation 4 app for IGN, and it's yeah. fantastic. And you, a lot of people use it and watch videos and do all those kinds of things, watch podcasts beyond. Where's the PlayStation 3 app? Where's the PlayStation Vita app? PlayStation 3 app has been submitted for certification. Hey! So, uh, oh, nice. So we don't know if we're going to get you know, a bounce back and we have to fix some things. That happens you know, with everyone. Um, but that's you know, hopefully somewhat imminent. And uh, Vita is, I think, in the air right now. I think okay. that we, I think we're doing one. I just don't think that that you know, we're prioritizing PS4, Top PS3, man. than Vita. So our guys on. are on it. So if you've been asking that question, I hope that answers it for you. For now, uh, I'll check up in a couple months on the Vita situation. But I know that they, you know, PS4 was their priority. Then PS3, you got to go where the users are. Uh, but I have made the argument to our engineers, uh, to Mark Ryan specifically, that uh, you know, even though Vita has a small install base, people love their Vita. People that read IGN and listen to this podcast love Vita, and I feel like that would get a lot of use. So, yeah. um, so we'll see what happens. So I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. As well. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be bonkers, as Colin would say next week. Make sure you keep up with us all on Twitter. IGN is IGN. I'm Game Over Greggy. Colin is no taxation. Vince is Vincognito. It's been posted this entire time, right underneath <laughs> his face, somewhere in this area. Not on his face, underneath his face. Probably on top of the Pop Tart wrapper. Uh, every podcast beyond ends in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap Up. It's where you submit a song to beyond at IGN.com and we play it as long as it doesn't violate copyrights and get us in trouble. This one comes from Nick Reynolds. He says, what up? Greg, Colin, and the ever-rotating third chair. Uh, he didn't say beyond, so I don't okay, say it. Okay, okay. What up? My, my wife, Sup, bro? My wife, Ariel Ryder Reynolds, is an amazing vocalist. I am not just saying this because she's my wife, who has been out of music... F- uh, yeah look at it's cute he spelled scene like he saw it with his eyes has been out of the music scene for a little while and has recently come back to music with a renewed energy she's recently recorded a new song called clarify which she worked on in collaboration with my friends 
called Mid Coast All Stars. I love my wife very much. Aww. And she really deserves all the success in the world because she is amazing. My wife and I would love to be honored if you guys would play Clarify on Ryan's rap. It just all cuts off. Uh, clarify on Ryan's, and then it's over. Thanks, Nick Reynolds. You can get this he got song. Bored. He's like, whatever, whatever. It's fucking. They're not reading it at this point. You can get the song over at ReverbNation.com/slash Aerial Rider. Rider R Y D E R. That was a mouthful. Yeah. But Nick, we are happy to play "Clarified" by your lovely wife, Ariel. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you from LA. Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.